Welcome to another beautiful Friday on Speaking for Him. I'm Dan Van Zalen, and here's your host, Andrew Gominson. Hello, guys. Today, uh, we're here in the studio, Dan and I, uh, to give you another great Speaking for Him podcast, and we're going to the movies again, and this time, Yay! for the very first time since Dan became the executive producer, we are actually going to be able to discuss this together because we've both seen it. And, uh, it was a good movie. So I'm excited to dig into, uh, the, um, the movie Breakthrough, uh, which actually I did not know until I, uh, I don't remember if I found out right before I watched the movie or, uh, if it flashed on the credits or whatever. I did not know until just recently that it actually was based on a, mo- a book. That the mother wrote about her experience. Well, so, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, it's based on a book called The Impossible. And uh, now there's a movie tie-in edition that, that, that they changed the title to Breakthrough. But it was originally called The Impossible and it was written by the mother. And uh, so that's what the inspiration for the film is. Interesting. And uh, so it was a true story. and uh, Happened in 2015. It happened just a few years ago too, and and Dan and I were just talking off mic about how we didn't really hear about it when it happened. No, even though I guess he did have a Facebook page that went viral while he was in the hospital, and I actually found his Facebook page. He's still using it to update people on his life. He just graduated from high school a couple of weeks ago, so yep. that's that's a nice little update. So Dan, why don't you kick us off with our quote of the day? All right. It's not a good time to talk, Jason replied. That's why I'm here. Breakthrough. All right. And Dan, as you and I have already discussed off mic, uh, he, there's a couple times where that comes up. Oh and yeah. It, and it's so, uh, it's so true though, because a lot of times when we don't really want to talk to somebody, it's when we should. It's, it's really when we should because bottling um, our emotions up and not discussing them in a productive way can be bad. And, <laughs> and I like how the pastor was just there for her and didn't have any expectations of her in the process of being there for her. Cause that's Either really the way really. we need to be. So, you know, yep. um, all right. Well, why don't you, since you've actually watched this movie, why don't you start us off with a synopsis? Uh Oh, the movie trailer. And then first? once, uh, Oh yeah, let's do the movie trailer and then then we can try a synopsis. And then he will give us a synopsis of the movie. A thing which I am really bad at, by the well, way. <laughs> well, if you start to ramble, I will I will help you along, but I ramble too, so we'll, we're in this together. <laughs> All right, here but we here's go. the movie trailer. Rise and shine. Breakfast is ready in ten minutes, and don't make me come back up there. This is our town. It's a close-knit community, the kind of place where everyone knows everyone. Hi, Miss Jay. Hey, how are you girls? And we're always there for each other. Nice sermon, Pastor. What do you guys have on for the rest of the day? Well, John has a basketball game. Yeah, I've seen this guy hooping up around here. This kid is so lit. Text your mom tomorrow and tell her when and where to pick you up. And, uh, don't do anything stupid. Love you guys. Boys, get off the ice! We're training for the Olympics, sir! Cindy! 
He's been underwater for more than 15 minutes. It's gonna be a recovery, not a rescue. I got something. We got him! We've done everything medically possible. There's nothing more we can do. Please, God, send your Holy Spirit to save my son. A 14-year-old St. Charles boy who spent 15 minutes trapped underwater is continuing to fight for his life. I don't believe John will survive the night. You don't know my son. He is a fighter. So I need you to be the best for John, and you just let God do the rest. You are my pride and joy. I can't wait to see you shoot those baskets and run up and down the court again. The Smith family asked for one thing. Please pray for John. In the water that day, I was ready to give up, but then I hear this voice telling me, go back. Either I'm nuts or God's talking to you, but I don't believe in God. I believe, but maybe that only goes so far with something like this. I'm your pastor. I'm supposed to walk alongside you for as long as it takes. Did you see the Facebook page? It's going viral. Call me. I hope he's going to be okay. We're not going to get through this alone. Whatever you have for me, for Brian, for John, I surrender. All right, Dan, why don't you give us a synopsis and some general thoughts? Joy. Maybe I shouldn't watch movies anymore. (laughs) Any case. So we start out with our... uh, protagonist of the story though he doesn't actually say much in the movie mr john smith uh starts off you know with him being a bit of a brat to his parents selfish on the basketball court and then he falls through the ice and everything goes downhill and it's kind of interesting <laughs> a couple of things are interesting first of all his name is john smith so that's yes. not something we're making up <laughs> when I first heard that their name was Smith and that his name was John Smith, I was like, you guys adopted him. You could have given him a more, more, <laughs> more original name, more flowery name than John. Uh, because it, but it actually works really well for him though. No, it does work really well for him. But, but my thought as, as this is going forth and I realized his name was John Smith, I was like, that doesn't sound very real for a true story. But anyway, it does that sound a little odd, awkward, but that is his name. That is, in so, fact, his name. So, uh, anyway, but it, I just thought that this movie was very well layered. Like, oh yeah, like, there's the, basically three storylines going on. Well, because you 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 first think, well, you know what's going to happen because it's a true story. You know that he's going to fall through the ice. You know that he's going to be basically declared dead. You know he's going to come back. He was declared and, dead. Essentially, yeah, he was declared dead. He was chemically dead for 45 minutes. Yep. Um, no heartbeat, no pulse, nada. So, um, so it's really interesting. Um, but th- you have the storyline of him and his struggle with his adoption, which is kind of a common refrain, especially if you're adopted, um, as a foreign adoption because you don't oh, have yeah. your cultural, um, no cultural identity. Identity. And, then you had, I love the kid they got for that though too. Oh, he, he did. Great. He did awesome. He was an awesome actor. Um, and uh, then you have the the layer where the mom is 
struggling so much. She doesn't like the pastor. Uh, <laughs> That's a bit of an understatement. She doesn't, she doesn't like his, his, his new methods for doing things. Now, again, I'm not sure how grounded in reality that particular aspect of the show was. It um, might have been exaggerated a little bit, but I'm pretty sure it had a basis in fact. But I think there was some basis in fact, because at the end of the movie, it talked about how she still was complaining to him about his hair. Which She still wants to fix his hair. <laughs> if you look at the real guy, he has much weirder hair than did Topher Grace in this film. Yeah, this is true. Which, by the way, I was shocked to see Topher Grace as a pastor in this film, and I wasn't sure how I would like it, but he did a really good job, I, I must say. I, I like the way they set up the family mm-hmm. dynamics for him, too. And uh, uh, then you had uh, Josh Lucas as the father, and he's done several movies like We Are Marshall as the coach in that movie. And I think he did a basketball movie as a sports coach, too. Mm-hmm. So he, he has some pretty well-known credits. Uh, Dennis Haysbert played the doctor, and he uh, is well-known on 24 as the president of the United States and also as the Allstate guy. He's still doing Allstate ads. <laughs> so it's kind of nice that he had that get. And then I'm not familiar with the name of the lady that plays Joyce, but the TV show This Is Us is a big cult hit right now on I've NBC. I've never heard of it. It Well, it's one of the few shows that's a drama that's not a legal drama or a medical drama. It's just a family drama. <laughs> and it's on NBC. I've never watched it, but I know a lot of people who have, and they love it. Yep. So it's really neat to get someone with that kind of cred to do a movie like this. And I've heard her give testimony. She is, in fact, a believer. I don't know about Topher or about um, Dennis, but I know she is, or Josh, but I know she is, in fact, a believer. And so that was really neat to hear and find out. So, um, we kind of skipped half the synopsis and went straight to general thoughts. <laughs> well, well, well that's fine. I don't want to give away too much of the synopsis, um, but I, I was talking about the layer. So you have the layer where the kid is struggling to survive. And you have his parents. And you have the layer where his dad is struggling to know whether he'll survive, where his mom is insistent that he will. And having her own crisis of faith on top of it. And having her own crisis of faith and how she... How she's belittling the people that are trying to help her. And then she realizes, I've got to let him go. To me, that was a pivotal point. I surrender. In the, in the movie was she goes to the top of the hospital and she says, I surrender. You can do with him. You can do with him what you want. And at that point, she had to realize that if he decided to take John, you know, John's gone. Then there was nothing she could do about it, but it was only at that point where she was able to finally relax and quit being the uh, grizzly bear that she was acting like before then, Great big which, mama bear. which is understandable from a human standpoint. But at the same time, she realized that her behavior was not right, and yep. then and then the husband realized his behavior wasn't right because he needed to be right by her side and by John's, but he was too afraid. So uh, I just I just like so many layers. Yeah. Uh, they, they tied that scene in because just before they try to wake up John is when they are reconciling. Yeah. And that was just great. And then the whole um, relationship with the pastor, you know, yep. she's, you, she, it, it's funny because she has a lot of the same concerns that I do actually because I grew up with the hymns. Yep. I don't like it when we bust out necessarily when they, we bust out the modern 
choruses. I actually feel a little uncomfortable sometimes when I come to your church because most we do of the songs, a lot of worship songs. I, most of the songs I don't know that well. Yeah. And I'm not used to the praise band in the front of the church. But I also know that True Life Bible Church is full of people that love Jesus and love people. And yep. so I love to be there even though it's different culturally than what I'm used to. Now I'll be honest too. Um my dad uh is an ex pastor now, but he was in um Jason's shoes. You know, his second church he went in there and he realized, well, you know, a good ninety percent of my congregation is either new families or relatively young families. And I gotta do something to make sure that these kids, you know, stay in. So he changed to praise and worship, you know, and he changed the way things happened. And the 10% of those old hidebound people, ooh, they hated him for that. Took them five years, but they got rid of him. Okay. <laughs> it was not fun. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that can be hard. I, I know. And um, it, the hard thing was for us is that the previous pastor was still around because he had just retired. And he was all for my dad's changes. You know, he's like, we, we need to change the way we're doing it. Otherwise, we're going to lose everybody. And then we might hurt them that way. I think that's the hardest part for pastors, as I understand it, is just the fact that a lot of times when a pastor steps down from being a pastor of a church, he feels like he has to leave in order to give the other, give the new pastor room to be the pastor. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and part of so. the problem, part of that problem too is, uh, a lot of the older, more traditional or hidebound, as it may be, uh, members of the congregation will go to the old pastor if he's retired rather than to the new pastor, and that can cause its own problems. But enough of that, yeah. enough of that depressing stuff. All right. Let's go for positive things for this movie. Well, positive things from this movie is, first of all, I love the way the school rallied around John. Oh, yeah. Because he had some real, even though he was struggling to fit in, he had some real good friends. And they went overboard. <laughs> and I don't know if his girlfriend uh, now was the one that was portrayed in the movie, but he does have a, a long-term girlfriend. Um, I think according it's the same his, person. According to his Facebook page. So she may have been portrayed in the movie, which is kind of awesome. Well, if you remember but, the pictures at the end, it was his friend and his girlfriend yeah. next to him, and then they did the who, yep. who it really is. So I think it might have been, but that was kind of just kind of cool. And when they found out that he had woken up, uh, because he had been in a medically induced coma, and then For they almost like, three days. It's hurting him because we can't give him more medicine. And so and so she said, "Wake him up," which is something she never would have said if she hadn't surrendered. Probably so not. That's no. another one of those things going back to the whole surrender conversation. And then, and then he wakes up and they send a text message to his friend in the middle of class. <laughs> oh, and they all ran out. <laughs> and then everyone runs out and then the teachers go bananas about it. <laughs> I didn't understand the basketball practice in the middle of the day, but. Well, some, uh, maybe, I think maybe that was his afternoon class. It, was <laughs> it might have been too. But. <laughs> That was pretty. That was a pretty cool scene right there when they all great realized that he was awake and and everyone's uh, celebrating and it was a madhouse and we adored it greatly. Uh, <laughs> did you see anything negative? Um, not a lot, really. I'll be honest. But the only negative thing I had when I before I got really into the movie 
was right at the beginning when they're doing, um, they're setting every, right when they're setting up the very beginning of the movie where they have them drifting down as in the crucifix position. My first okay. thought was, uh, that's not the way it happens. I remember <laughs> because I have been in a similar situation. That, you well, the interesting thing about it was, and I never really confirmed necessarily that this is 100% accurate, but like, it looked like when, it, when things happened, he was pulling himself out and then he got kicked in the face accidentally by, accident, yeah. by one of his friends and, and it knocked him that's out, when basically. he went down, down. Uh, the uh, one thing I will say is that everything I've read says that the part about the guy, uh, being an atheist, the guy who rescued him being an atheist, uh-huh. uh, and, Tommy. and drawing a little closer to God through the events that was never, um, really, uh, pointed out in real life. It's a good storyline and it's a good reminder. I don't know if he of, was per, per se drawn closer to God, but it was kind of slapped in his I, face that God's not I mean, fake. I, I'm just saying it's not really established that he was an atheist is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, yes, yeah. So, um, so they kind of definitely built that up for the film, but it does make a good point that yep. the only explanation for all of this is that God was intervening. Yeah. And, um, and it's kind of ironic that the Christian guy was the guy saying, we're only going to find a body. We're only going to find a body. And the atheist guy is like, eh, well. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too. In the film, at least, he hears a voice saying, him, uh, go back. Go back. And then he talks to his chief later, and the chief said, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I didn't so, say anything. Um, and I did, who was talking to me? <laughs> again, I don't know how accurate that is to real life, but I do know that God intervenes. And I do believe in angels, so yep. it's an important thing to think it about. It is. And really, the only other negative thing and that happens to be with my impatience is I dislike that setting up period you have to do at the beginning of the movie. Because <laughs> it um, always seems so slow. And what did you think about Uptown Funk? I just had to- <laughs> Uptown Funk. <laughs> he was I- listening to Uptown Funk. Oh, in the of the movie. that's what he was listening to. I didn't realize what it was. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's interesting. I wonder if he actually does like that song. See, that, is, that is kind of interesting. Well, the funny thing was uh, when they were playing it as the background music before they re- revealed that that's what he's listening to, I was like, why are they playing <laughs> this? <laughs> I know because that person doesn't even doesn't even match up in any way. He's just kind of like, "What's going on?" Yeah, that was kind of uh, that was kind of out from left field there. But really, it was very solidly acted, as you already alluded to, and there wasn't really a whole lot of cheese. And even even the semi funny line, uh, "It's not a good time to talk," uh, I, but that's why I'm here. I mean, it's a funny line in a way, only out also, of context. But it's also a very it's also very good. And the delivery was perfect. Because that's the whole point. Um, so, um, uh, do you have a favorite character other than uh, John or maybe his mother too? Because those are easy ones. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm not allowed to say all of them, which I wouldn't anyways. But uh, actually, I did rule out John and his parents for favorite character. Or even Jason, for that matter, uh, because they're such they're so integral, integral. So you can't really like them or dislike them too much without yeah. wrecking the movie. Uh, but my favorite character, well, characters. Let's be honest here. I like uh, Tommy, the atheist guy. He's um, 
the black eye of the pair that fished out John. I also like um, both the doctors, really, because they both make very good points at one point in the movie. You know, the oh, absolutely. doctor, I think it was Dr. Sutter. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they, they have this little short note from him at the end of the movie. Patient came in dead. Mother prayed. Patient is alive. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> which a, totally summarizes his thoughts on the that, matter. That basically puts it in as clear of uh, as clear as you can be. Yep. But one of the great parts is because medical professionals, like the guys who are actually taking care of him, are such great characters. Um, I think mention has to be made over the nurse that keeps doing chest compressions oh, on him. That oh that man. guy did not stop. For about 45 and, minutes. And you could tell that he... He went all out. He was crying when he left. Yeah, he did not want to give up. And he would not give up. And, uh, and how much how much perseverance does it have to be? You're a nurse in an ER. How many dead people do you see coming in? And yeah. how much perseverance do you have to have to keep going? I, I would not have the emotional fortitude. I'm glad I can't physically do any of those jobs. Because <laughs> I would not have the emotional fortitude for it. I can tell you that. I know. Right now. And so. I love the fact the uh, probably one of the f- my most favorite parts in that movie is um when uh Dr. Grant's talking with Mr. and Mrs. Smith and uh, you know Mrs. Smith says um I need you to be the best doctor and leave everything else to God. Well, no one's said whether or not he's a Christian, but you see him he just sits there, he leans back a little bit. He thinks he says, "Okay." And that was that. That is a real, that was a really good scene too because, because how he, hard is it for a professional he, like him at the top of his field to say, okay, I'll leave things to God? Yeah, that, that is very, very telling as well because he was ready to say, you know, you, I'm no, ready to pull the plug. I don't have, what he's about to I don't say. have hope for your son. You know? and <laughs> he literally like, said that. She's just like, I'm here because you're the best. Are so, you not the best? Have so I been lied to? Do your best. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, that is, that is something. Oh, and there was another layer to it, which I really appreciated at the end, uh-huh. uh, where his teacher talks to him. Oh, again, she asks why. And she said, why do you think you survived and my husband didn't? And he then he's struggling with it, survivor's guilt, you know. Yeah. But, well, but it, it was important to ask that question because yeah. that's what people always say when something miraculous happens. Like, if God really cares, why doesn't he heal everybody? Oh, and then during his testimony, when he quotes her while she's in the audience. Oh, yeah. Because she said to him at the beginning of the movie, and he didn't see, you know, at the beginning he was all, you know, pish-pawing it, you know, because he's an arrogant little kid. Uh, but at the end he says, there is once was a great teacher who told me, the past is lost to us forever, and tomorrow is ours to win or lose. Which is a great, which is another great quote. There's it a is. lot of great quotes in this It's a movie. great quote. But it's also, it also acts as an answer to her. To his, his answer to her, you know, however many days later that was. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've seen this on, uh, numerous shows, but isn't it funny when people say, are you quoting me to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that could be fun. Cause that, that, I mean, that will happen if you're, if your dad is always imparting wisdom and then you impart the same wisdom back to him, then he could be like, yeah, I am quoting you to you. Because you need but, to hear it again. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just an all-around good movie. As a matter of fact, I don't really have any least favorite characters. I just... I do, but they're kind of supposed to be. 
you know, yeah. those brats at the end. <laughs> well, there, there, there were some brats at the end. Yeah. You know, um, says, are you going to walk on water? <laughs> it's like, oh my word, I can't believe people are actually like that. <laughs> but you know, you know, just like him dealing with surviving and then. And then the notes on his locker, why did you survive when my mom didn't and such And his friends feeling guilty because they were relatively uninjured and he was in the hospital fighting for his life. Oh, yeah. So all these layers, like that's what I liked. Because you go into it thinking it's going to be this predictable movie and there was a degree of predictableness to it. um, But there was enough layers that it wasn't predictable at the same time. Uh, I, I didn't really predict anything about this movie other than the obvious fact that he lives. Because yeah. that was made very obvious. I mean, they basically started off with he's alive, so and this is the story. And they cast it very well. Like the little, oh, the, yeah. the young guy, um, uh, what's his name? Marcel. What's his last name? Let me see I don't name. remember. But the, you know, the guy is, who plays John, right? Uh, Marcel Ruiz. Yeah. And he, he's, I hope he does a lot more movies like that because he's very good at what he does he's got a very open expression so it's great so i would encourage anyone to get out and see this movie um at the time of this recording and i'm gonna post it in just a few days from the recording of this podcast it is still in theaters it has been since mid-april still showing quite a few showings so people must be going to see it so i would encourage you to get out and support this movie because we want more movies like it made. Yep. And, so what uh, do you think is the biggest lesson to take away? I think the biggest lesson to take away is number one, you never know what tomorrow will bring. I was mm-hmm. watching an interview actually, cause I looked it up on YouTube, an interview that John Smith did on a talk show with his mom after all this happened. I think they were promoting her book, but one thing he said is I learned not to take life for granted. He said every day um, my dad pokes his head into my room now and, and says, I love you, son. And then I say, I love you, dad. And every day after I brush my teeth, I walk down and give my mom a kiss and tell her I love her and say good night. These are things I think he was he didn't say it, um, but I think he was implying that these are things that he didn't do before the accident. But well, now, they certainly implied but, it during the movie. But now, well, they did. I, but I wasn't able to confirm how rebellious he was before the accident in real life. But uh-huh. the point being, I think he learned some lessons about how precious life is and not to take it for granted. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons. And then also just the other one that his mom learned is that there are some things we can't control no matter how controlling we are. Yes. So, I, I did enjoy the fact that she learned uh, that how bad of a control freak she was and was able to let that go i i'm sorry that it took this steep of an incident to do that for her but i'm glad it happened the other interesting thing and i understand they had to have a sing they wanted to have a singular focus for the movie but he is one of four brothers not just sing not just an only child yeah that so it was that, that was a little bit of, awkward that is kind of an interesting thing i wonder what his brothers felt like about they, they were probably thinking, who am I going to get to play me? And then they said, well, you're not going to be in there. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That's a total, that's a total conjecture statement. They, yes. they never uh, I, I'm, officially said that. But. I'm sure that even, even if they knew that they're probably a little bummed out because who doesn't want to be represented in a movie, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I think for the biggest lesson, um, well, actually 
uh, I'll preface this. I enjoyed the way they had him wake up, the waking up scene, or like or they oh, yeah. put him underwater and brought him back up. Um, but I, I have to admit that, um, <laughs> for me, and it's a little bit uncomfortable to say this, but I'm kind of used to it now, but for me, this brought back a lot of memories because, um, when I was, oh, I must have been a little younger than him still. I think I was about 12. I fell out of a boat and hit another canoe behind me and woke up 13 feet underwater. Wow. And I remember being not quite aware, but being aware enough to realize that I was sinking underwater. Wow. Um, and so I can, I can say with perfect honesty that the whole crucifix pose where he's holding himself basically straight might be uh movie magic. Let's play up the drama, but that is more or less how you fall when you're sinking in the water. Um, well, I kind of relate to you because when I was nine years old, I drove my wheelchair into the <laughs> pool at the YMCA. <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> well, because my brothers were taking swim lessons and they were in the pool and then they moved everybody over to the hot tub and the hot tub was on the far end of the, Oh no, of the pool area. And so they had this part of the pool called the chocolate, which was a dark part of the paint. Uh-huh. And they said, don't run on the chocolate. They were always telling the kids don't run on the chocolate. So you don't fall in. And I went on the chocolate and my, my wheel went over the edge and I oh, no. plunged into the pool. But thankfully, the lifeguard saw me. But I, I distinctly remember uh, seeing the water go over my head and being like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And the only thing I could do is hold my breath and wait to be yeah. rescued. To be honest, um, waking up underwater like that is really disorient- disorienting um, because uh, it's a very strange state of mind because I had a head injury obviously, and I was probably fairly concussed. But uh, I remember waking up and looking up and I seen this little white dot with green around it and then everything else is black. Mm-hmm. Just just black. And I remember um, absently wondering to myself, um, am I going to die? Is this what death is like? And then about half a second later, my uh, <laughs> survival instincts kicked in. And I don't remember seeing my, uh, you know, my counselor, youth counselor coming down to try to get me because he dove over almost immediately after they saw me go under and not come up right away. And he told me he was about halfway down swimming as hard as he could and I passed him going the other way <laughs> very, very fast, apparently. So uh, you were swimming, you were actually swimming, but you didn't realize it or? No, I, I had waken, I had woken up with my, um, back just brushing the, um, the underwater plants, you know, so I'm maybe okay. a foot or two above, I'm probably about two feet above the, above the, uh, silt. And I, when I woke up, uh, I first thought, you know, what I told you before, cause I was so very out of it. And then my heart started beating very fast and I became clear headed enough to, Realize that, hey, I need to go up towards the light because that's where air is. Um, and I snapped myself upright and I'm still not certain how I managed that because I went from supine, you know, parallel to the lake, uh, bottom to 
straight upright. I mean, like literally straight up and down as if I was a well, pauper with the a Bible, weight. The Bible talks about guardian angels, so perhaps your guardian angel was working overtime that day. <laughs> Maybe, but I because I remember my legs, my legs snapped down and my feet went through the silt so fast that it felt like I just barely brushed it, and wow. I went straight for the surface. I did not see anybody. Uh, and then I almost threw myself completely out of the water. I was going so fast. Well, all this to say, we think that you should see Breakthrough. Um, it's a really well done movie, really realistic movie. And the other yes. thing is he didn't come back with all these extreme tales of heaven either. No, no, he, no. He said, I remember going under. I remember people saying, call 911. And then I woke up. Yep. Several days later. <laughs> It many you days know, later, you know, so which is in 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 of itself, that's his disorienting. Experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that and that's kind of the depiction, like you said at the end, where in his mind he was coming up through the water, and then all of a sudden opened his eyes, and everything's blurry. There was his mom. So <laughs> and the doctor. Anyway, we yeah. would really encourage you to go see this film and support the makers of it. Oh and yes. And I hope more films like this come out. So how um, do we rate this film? One breakthrough to five breakthroughs. I, I'm giving it a solid five out of five. I don't do that very often, but I don't really know of a flaw in this movie. I cannot say there's an actual flaw to the movie other than... You I know, know you were looking for one. I was, I was in fact looking for you one. Because you said before we recorded, you're like, where am I going to find the flaw? <laughs> yeah, right? There was, I think, you know, the only actual flaws are basically the flaws you find on any cutting room. So it's like, there's no actual flaws with the performance per se. So yes, I also have to say this is a five out of five. I try not to, I try not to do that because I want to give an honest, I want to give honest feedback and not just be like a, a fanboy of all these Christian films. But, <laughs> but this was I, a great, I, re- I really feel that way. I really this feel is, it was just so well done. It, I, this is actually the first film that I went and paid money for in, I don't know, seven years. And you didn't, I'm glad <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't feel bad about it afterwards. That's no, not, that's good. It was great. He I had, loved it. He didn't, he didn't fall asleep. Like when he watched St. Patrick. <laughs> so let's be fair. Let's be fair. I was, I was at home trying to watch it on my um, Kindle. Yes. <laughs> so with that being said, we will say goodbye to you for another week, but, uh, I hope that you have a great weekend. I hope you pop some pop or, Get some popcorn if this movie is on DVD by the time you hear this podcast. Um, I think it'll still be in theaters. Well, it should be if you're if you're listening on schedule. But if you found it in my archive somewhere and it's on DVD, then pop some popcorn this weekend and watch it with your family. Um, if you it can is get, something I'm buying. If you can get to theaters, then by all means get to theaters and support it. Indeed. So um, that's all I have for you this week. I'll just say. Have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 